0: Welcome to The Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always is... Candy Cane. Eddie of Edward is (laughs) True. Today, we are talking about (laughs) Joyride, released October 5th, 2001. This is not the Joyride that just came out last year, which I have no idea what that is. It's like a comedy.
1: There are a few joy rides. Like, I typed it into IMDb, and I think there's like four or five movies oh, wow. that have that title. But this one is two words. That helps, because a lot of them are one word. One word One
0: word joy ride. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, and this, I mean, <laughs> this was kind of a request. That we had seen multiple times. Uh so sometimes we like usually we don't take requests. We're just like we, we do what mm-hmm. we want to do. But I think for for lack of any other inspiration right now, we're just like, people are talking about Joyride. Let's <laughs> let's do Joyride.
1: <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I, I was happy to hear about it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
0: Well this is a movie that I saw. Uh, I don't know if it was on October 5th, 2001, but it was definitely oh. when it was released in the theater. And I, I mean, I completely forgot about, I mean, I owned the movie on DVD. Mm-hmm. Like I probably right. bought it cause I was buying everything when I was a kid, like, you know, see a horror movie. Sure. Oh, DVD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DVDs are fun. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I watched it beyond that Um, so like, really it's been over 20 years since I've seen this movie and I never really thought about it again. And, um, I think that that might be very telling, uh, to, to, to what I feel about it. But, uh, what was your first time experience?
1: Uh, I did, I think I rented it. It was probably one of those, um, situations where my sister and I went to Blockbuster and picked it up when it was on the new, uh, release wall because um, we had both seen the trailer and it looked interesting, uh, but I wasn't rushing to the theaters to see it because uh, it also, I I, I don't know, it, they re- the, the trailer that I saw, I remember in the, in the commercials, even the way they advertised it, it ran the risk of being kind of like a teeny bopper thing. And I'd seen at that point, I think The Fast and the Furious was already out, wasn't it? The Fast it and the Furious star, came right? out in
0: 2000, uh, but Paul Walker had been... Around for, for I saw, a little while.
1: Well, the first time I saw him was Pleasantville, which I think was two years before two th- in nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety
0: eight, and that was yeah. kind of his breakout
1: role. But he he yeah. had he
0: had been in things like he'd been acting for a long time. Like he used to do those oh, yeah. those little infomercials with like the the kids. There's like one that's uh, them doing drugs and some. <laughs> some oh like God. gang member some like 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 youth gang member <laughs> came up to him and is just like hey do you want to like smoke some crack i don't know if that's what it was uh, or just like do you like crack <laughs> and he just turns around and like no i like girls that, <laughs> 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 like go look them up they're all they're right. hysterical they're adorable, adorable. but um <laughs> yeah all the mtv generation um <laughs> rip <laughs> Paul Walker, oh, God. Um, and that's like that's yeah. what's really my biggest takeaway from this movie. It's just like, just that that tragedy. Um, and this is mm-hmm. uh, when when did he pass? It was like 2013. Um, so yeah, 12 years uh, after uh, this movie came out. Yeah. Um, but he was definitely you know like one of the the highlights of of the movie because because I mean he is so gorgeous. Um, oh yeah, and. Uh who else is in this? Um how do you say his name? <laughs> Steve, Steve Zahn Zahn. That's how you say it. That's okay. how I've always
1: heard it. Yes. Who
0: is the older brother and he's kind of mm-hmm. like if okay, this is the uh, eternal argument that we have about like the the cast billing cuz he's first mm-hmm. billed, but he's like clearly yeah. not. Like he's the supporting character uh just in terms of the story. And I don't it, know there, there's <laughs> well, I was just going to say yeah. I don't know what his previous credits were at this point, but oh. like Paul Walker still like seemed like the bigger star at the time.
1: Uh debatable. Uh because Steve Zone was working he he worked quite consistently through the nineties. I remember he was in um, a movie nobody remembers uh, called Suburbia, which was kind of like the more oh uh, the... pathos laden clerks, you know, yeah, like basically with Parker with, like, Posey, kids in a town, the they you... have no future and everything. Parker Posey you, was in it. You like, co- dude, Good morning. Yeah, you're always that. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was in that. He was great in that. He was. Um, oh, he was in a bun- He was in uh, some comedy i never saw i think it was called happy texas or something like that where he i remember that and one. his co-star yeah where pre- yeah. i think they had to pretend to be gay to like it was kind of like a some like it hot kind of thing where they had to pretend to be gay uh like like pageant men who okay. you know who were trying to escape outrun the law or something i never saw it but i that i think that's what the trailer told me and oh god he was in a bunch of stuff i just thought of uh, another one Oh, I should have. I guess what I mean I'm... is that he he was, but he was always more of like the, <laughs> that like thing su- you do supporting he was a member of the band in that thing you do yeah but
0: he was always like a supporting yeah. character like Paul Walker like had the, yeah. the leading man uh energy that that you know that the studios were after at the at this time um regardless his face is bigger on the po- or actually is it no it's the it's the other way around uh what am I talking about see this is how for Gettable this movie is to me that I've, i just <laughs> and i don't even remember the poster um or the dvd cover <laughs>
1: <laughs> i remember the dvd i remember distinctly paul walker's face predominated but i think it's also because like paul walker's got that face which it also i have to say to my shame i remember when i was doing background i don't remember what the movie was it was one of those forgettable action movies that Mm -hmm. paul walker starred in and i was doing background on it and it was a huge crowd and we were all on hollywood boulevard like out in front of like the the uh, like on the walk of fame in front of the man chinese theater and everything like that and i remember he was just in a suit and i and he, he was inside and he he was rehearsing where he had to like run outside and then run away from us i don't even know if it if i made the cut but I just remember when I saw him in person, the first thing I thought was not like, oh my God, how gorgeous. I was just like, he's tall. And, <laughs> and then I kind of like realized, oh, that's Paul Walker. Hmm. And I had that thing, kind of like that Justin Long thing where I thought like if I ever saw him in person, I'd be like, oh, oh my gosh. And I, instead I was just kind of like, he the first thing he did uh when he was just kind of like getting his bearings but he saw that there was a huge crowd of people who were just standing there waiting in the sun um he was just like hey in that wonderful he's got this incredible kind of little hey everybody you know kind of voice (laughs) where it's it's like it always reminds me of like young men who are trying to make their high voice sound more you know, hello, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a young, I'm a man, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. He's just kind of, hey, everybody, how are you doing? That's just the way he talks. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, he's charming. He just seems so nice. And like he wasn't saying hi, like, hello, the little people, you know, yes, it is I, Paul Walker. He was just a really, really nice guy. I'm, I'm at work, you're at work. And I'm going to acknowledge your existence because that's what people do. And everything that I've heard about from anybody who's worked with him, whether it's a conversation or an interview, like everybody seems to say, he was just like one of the most personable people. And the thing is, I get that in this movie. Mm -hmm. While I'm watching it, and I I think this was the first time I really got that vibe from him. He was playing an incredibly decent guy, considering some of the horrible things he and his brother do. (laughs) I mean, it's not that horrible, but it's, you know, it's, it's wasted time. It's wasted energy.
0: Yeah. Between the two of them, like he, he engages in it. um, Yeah. But he kind of like, you, you can tell like, just like morally questions like, oh, you know, I don't feel good about that. Or just like, that was a, that was a rotten thing to do. Um, yeah, And kind of, and yeah. yeah. And just sort of like sitting with it afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was, you know, definitely one of the strengths of the movie, uh, for me and, and, and the relationship between the brothers for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it also felt like, like the, the performances like probably were the highlight here and like, it it did feel very Mm -hmm. authentic. Like they felt like real people, uh, in, in this situation. Um, and I almost feel like maybe The movie would have been more interesting if it wasn't a horror movie and it was just sort of like a road trip of like these two brothers bonding because nothing that nothing that really happens here uh, ever really gets exciting. Or, you know, if it starts to, it just sort of flounders and just like
1: moves on to the next thing. Okay, I definitely have a response for that. But should we, you know...
0: Yeah, I mean, me, we may, yeah, we may as well. Uh, so before you get to the, the premise, I, I do want to welcome some new Patreon supporters. So uh, give yeah. it up for Justin, Tyrell, Michael Boswell, and Maya Greer. Welcome aboard. We appreciate having you. And uh, for everyone watching or listening, uh, if you do go and uh, support uh my patreon uh you know the podcast patreon and my youtube patron under zach cherries at a c k c h e r r y you do get access to all of our episodes early um if you are supporting on the freddy Krueger show you get access to the cherry picker after dark which is our bonus episode that we do every month that is coming up next week
1: uh eddie what are we doing oh uh we're doing that um the survivor uh with the final girls so much enthusiasm <laughs> I sold it. that. Yeah. I
0: nailed it. <laughs> we're doing we're, do, we're doing Survivor like the reality show from CBS but yeah. only with final girls from horror movies and it's going to be a hoot. Yeah. Um but yeah, if you have uh, been listening or watching the podcast for a while and you want to support even if you want to just support the the lowest tier uh that still gets you early access to everything and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, I also want to thank our editor, Boy Cried Wolf, who is you know there with us through thick and thin. Greatly appreciate. Uh, and I I think that that's that's just about it. So what? Uh, tell tell the lovely
1: people what is Joyride all about. I'm still stuck on you saying it's going to be a hoot, but okay, I'm yeah. going to a hoot <laughs> nanny. Yeah, uh, in in Harlem. Um, okay, here we go. <clears throat> When a college student decides to drive across the country to help a friend, he gets saddled with his estranged, raucous older brother whose on-the-road pranks get them sucked into a nightmare. When a psychopathic truck driver takes a U-turn on this joyride... Huh? There you go, <laughs> vocal fry, so, but not Valley Girl this time.
0: No, it's kind of like a, a Buffalo Bill
1: uh, vocal fry, and because yeah. Ted Levine, Ted Levine, uh, given, are... the, given the given the spooky again, yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> so,
0: so clearly, you enjoyed this movie more than than I did. So you,
1: you again you kick us. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, because this is the thing, I. I was really looking forward to this particular screening. I think I, sh- I exemplified that at the end of the last pod when we decided, oh, we're doing Joyride. And I was like, oh, my God, yay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it starts. And everything that you said is absolutely true. Like, I was so... Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> I do have to admit, the opening titles do kind of remind me of every Dark Castle remake that we've covered and maybe Wrong Turn, you know, like with that kind of... Jittery, <laughs> you know, like grainy, <laughs> right, yeah. like you know, you can, be, you, uh, can you even read the, the, you know, like in kind of raw, like low moany, you know, like soundtrack playing over, and you're just kind of like, you know, with like maybe some ding, 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 or whatever going on, yeah, and um, so that so okay, I was just kind of like, oh, so that's pretty typical. I don't remember that, but um, we meet Paul Walker's character Lewis first, and and he's so fucking good in this. I can't, I can't say it enough. Um, I think, I remember when I saw this the first time, that was a huge response that I had was I was like, this is kind of like the least acting I've seen him do. Like, I thought he was great in Pleasantville, but it was, you know, it was a supporting role and he was playing an idealized kind of like fraction of a person, you know, like he's playing a TV personality. Yeah. And then I saw Fast and the, fa- the Fast and the Furious, kind of to indicate yeah. with the those or the not those. <laughs> saw the first one. And I remember I liked it and I liked him, but I, I, I also... I don't know. I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if I can get into this, um, and I've been told continual, continually, to get back into the franchise because it gets really good uh, from five on. So there you go. And I still haven't, but I will. Um, I well,
0: good, not necessarily, but like it's it's fine. <laughs> I yeah, have a good ka-chin. time. Yeah, like
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah. So uh, th- for that for that reason, um, but uh, and then I remember I saw this, and I I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I was like, well, you know, you gotta rent a horror movie, so we watched it, and I remember being, again, just kind of, like, so taken with his innate goodness <laughs> and the way it just read on screen. Like, I liked just watching him on the phone with Vena, played by Lily Sobieski. Okay, I had to look her up, because I remember her working a lot also, again, like, in the 90s, in the 2000s, and I remember her in Eyes Wide Shut, I remember her in Never Been Kissed, I remember her in This, and I think those... Those are the three movies, but she seemed to be very much kind of like around oh. and working very actively. Then she and was in another so.
0: thriller called uh, "The Glass House," uh, oh, or okay. the, the Glass House. Um, but um, yeah, I, I had to okay. look her up as well because I was just like she just kind of disappeared. But she's still working. She's you know been steadily doing things like. Right. For for this like the last twenty plus years, uh, so it's just interesting yeah. how some actors who are very prominent in a certain uh, era of time just kind of uh, I don't want to say fade away, but they're just they're just like you know this is not really uh, my speed of things. I, I think I'm going to try you know these movies or you know things that are a little less mainstream because there's there's so many out there like that who you know we've talked also, about we...
1: what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've also mentioned like um, uh, recently about the uh, the industry and how it's shifted, just in terms of like the kinds of movies they used to make and the kinds of movies, you know, the the budgets that movies yeah. see these days. You're either getting no money or you're getting all the money. So I think she was she occupied a lot of those movies that were in that kind of like gray area, that middle ground, you know, that weren't getting all the money mm-hmm. but weren't getting nothing. Yeah, and. And I think a lot of those actors also, because with streaming and everything, like, you know, there are so many services that have so many shows and movies that they're putting on and they need to put actors in them. So they're working, but you may not see it because if you're not subscribed to the platform, then yeah. you may never see it. Or they're, you know, you working behind the camera. You know, they, they made oh, the a shift. Too? yeah that
0: Yeah. Um, she was kind of in this, like, giving me a Jennifer Lawrence vibes a little bit.
1: Oh I get and that. Kinda, and kind of and like just and sure. even like
0: you know physically like not completely like identical to her but like just has like a very similar oh. uh look to her. So I feel like you know, like sure. Jennifer Lawrence, like at the time that you know she was just starting out, like I could see that being like a, a Lily Sobieski type, and and uh. Lily was probably just like I don't know if I want to work that hard or do that thing, or maybe she just <laughs> had an agent that just didn't get her the right roles, and that's you know how she maybe. ended up uh, in the the situation she did. But she had, you know, she definitely like she was good in this as well. Um, yeah. Um, Even And, you know, she wasn't in it a whole lot. Like she's kind of absent for really the first half other than just sort of uh, showing up on the phone or or, or things like that. But uh, she seems like someone like I haven't seen her in any comedies or anything, but she seems like someone who would be very multifaceted in in that Mm. sense of just like being able to deliver in whatever genre of movie uh she was in so i i mean i've definitely felt her absence of like seeing her in this and just like whatever happened to her so i mean she she yeah. definitely left an impression at you know some point in her yeah. career
1: like my she has an even smaller role in eyes wide shut but my mind immediately went to that movie when she's just she literally i think is in one scene and she's just kind of like wafting around in the background with mysterious eyes i have to rewatch that that yeah and, I and I she's like in lingerie in so or
0: something it's there's yeah, it's in the like kind of taunting,
1: yeah. yeah, kind of seducing Tom Cruise, but is she, you know, like kind yeah. of thing. But um, and also, I remember at the time because you bring up Jennifer Lawrence, I remember at the time I thought when you know we were in the mix of all this and this movie was released around that time, I thought she I, she always got I always got a young Helen Hunt from her. Uh, that kind of vibe. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's interesting that, how the, the, the buck keeps being passed <laughs> yeah. or the legacy, you know, like whatever, like, you know, th- yesterday's Helen Hunt is today's Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, and who will be next? But um, anyway, um, so, but watching her exchange with him over the phone and everything like that, um, I, I, like already. It, it could be incredibly pedestrian, but it felt very personal. I was just kind of like, oh, he wants to buy a car because he wants to obviously impress. Like, I mean, I could... The fact that I was picking up on all of it and he wasn't sitting there telling a best friend or anything like that. Dude, I've been, you know, or or his best friend wasn't there kind of going, you've been chasing that girl for how long now? You know, like there, the exposition was all... Just almost like eavesdropped yeah. upon. So I love the fact that it was being dropped. Because also, another credit I forgot for this movie, the fact that it was co-written and produced by J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Completely forgot that uh, presence in the movie. And I was just kind of like, I, oh. And What, what had J.J. Yeah. Abrams done at that point? Because I don't think that... I do not know.
0: The, the, I remember him... Uh, coming into the forefront, you know, once Lost came out, but before that he had done Alias or that might've been running simultaneously with Lost. Um, so he was already kind of known for that, but then like, you know, like obviously the Cloverfield movies and, and thing and Star Trek and, and things like that
1: came about. Um, it looks like prior to this, uh, in 1998, he wrote the screenplay for Armageddon, um, he wrote, as Jeffrey Abrams, he wrote the screenplay for a movie I remember from 1992 uh, that starred Mel Gibson called Forever Young. Um, he was, and he wrote prior to that, um, one year, he did a Harrison Ford movie I remember seeing in the theater uh, regarding Henry. So um, he had been working, but yeah, he hadn't quite hit fire. Alias was 2004. And then after that, we get his script for Mission Impossible 2. We get Lost. We get. Oh my gosh. Okay. They only attributed the characters. I almost freaked out. Joyride 2, Dead Ahead, is on his IMDb. But right, it's only this, because this the movie characters does have a sequel, like, yeah. It has two. There's a third Joyride? Oh my god. There's a third jaw rate, and I didn't know that either until I looked it up, but the funny thing is, um, nobody returns as far as I can tell from the original, but the only character I think that is uh, in every single movie that I could pick up on was uh, 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 Rusty Nail, but he's never played by the same actor twice. It's Ted Levine in this one, it's someone else in the second one, and in the third one, it's Ken Kersinger. Jason Voorhees of Freddy vs. Jason, vocally or like? In person. I, I don't know. He could have been. He could have just been the person. But I know he's an actor too, so maybe he did both. Because uh, Ted Levine certainly didn't play the 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 character physically. <sighs> Can we talk way. about he was that? Just the voice.
0: Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that what? really bugged me because. Really. Well, it felt first of all. It annoyed me because this is a character that should have been like really shrouded in mystery. And you can tell that they were definitely trying to do that. Like there's a, there's a sense of that surrounding him because he is kind of obscured or in the shadows or, you know, blurry whenever he shows yeah. up or, but they show his face so often and like so clearly within that, yeah. that it's just like, Pick a lane. What are you doing with it? And I think at one point the the actor does like like grunts or yells or says something while it's the like the physical actor playing him. And I don't think that that was like dubbed by Ted uh, when they did it. I think it was just like his voice. And even if it was, it just wasn't. It it, it just it felt like a disconnect. It's just like this voice should just be the voice. It's kind of like with Scream, like Roger Jackson. Like imagine if. Uh. And scream, you you get this like the opening. Drew Barrymore, she's on the phone. We're hearing the voice yeah. of Roger L. Jackson, and then Ghostface comes out, attacks her. She pulls off his mask, and then you just see Roger L. Jackson, or you know, like whoever, just some, someone that just doesn't um, fit with what you're you you see that image because you know when people see Roger L. Jackson, they're just like that doesn't look like the like the voice that you hear like he just seems like a a really nice sweet man and not like the the the, what you would hear on the phone so i it almost felt like they were trying to do a scream thing in the sense of like oh let's really like we're getting ted ted levine let's like we're gonna have like a really good voice here why spoil that by showing the character because there was no need to show him like as far as I'm concerned the truck like the embodiment of the truck was kind of him. Yeah. So to okay. have the person there. It, it 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 took me out of it a little.
1: I mean a lot. um it's probably late to say I'm showing my hand because we've been talking about this for like 20 minutes now but yeah. um I will say the first half of the movie. And I mean literally the first, I checked the time signature and it's it most movies are separated into three acts. This one seems to really be separated into two. And the first act is, there's, there is such a clear end. Like, it's so finite, mm-hmm. the act break between, like, wow, phew, okay. And then they pick up Lily Sobieski, and it's like, okay, act two has begun. And um, I have to say, I really do prefer the way act one is constructed, written, <laughs> staged, uh uh everything's acted beautifully but i mean there's something that's i find incredibly enticing like here i felt like the mystery behind the appearance of uh rusty nail in the first half was so incredibly enticing they even the way that they masked him at one point when um uh uh there it's when lewis and fuller are in their hotel room And Rusty Nail has just arrived and he and, you know, uh, Steve Zahn is there at the window. uh, And as we see the silhouette like passing by and Steve Zahn kind of does this little dance alongside the window to kind of obstruct our view. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is ingenious because, number one, Steve Zahn's giving also, again, an incredible performance. Like he's endlessly watchable, making a totally unsympathetic character character digestible and and even entertaining like my eye keeps being drawn to him as much as it's drawn to paul walker but um uh and then also like the the gimmick being like this this character needs to be remain mysterious so because because the less you know the more imposing he'll be Mm -hmm. kind of like you know the michael myers formula a bit and I, so I really appreciated that. And, and, and I think there were a few other examples that we'll get to, but by the second act, there, yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like, as, particularly the way they handled that character, it was like all of a sudden, uh, the, the way they manifested him, the, 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 the way, the threat was definitely there, <laughs> like it was present, but it seemed sillier or maybe just less impactful, less deft you know, deftly handled because all of a sudden, particularly by the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, I got such strong action vibes. And I thought, wow, we really began with the, you know, the interpersonal and the spontaneous and like the put yourself in their position kind of thing, nightmare scenario of it all. And then we kind of landed in this like ticking clock (laughs) Mm -hmm. explosions i'm going to take you know in in two minutes i'm going to tie up this girl i'm going to tape up her face i'm going to use saran wrap to you know position this rifle so that it'll shoot her when the door i mean the clock is ticking and he's still like improvising this saran wrap around the hotel room and i'm just like this is ridiculous. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, well I, I, it didn't check me out entirely, but I thought it was, it was very tonally completely dissonant from the first half.
0: Well, when so, you think of there's like, that. there's certain things too, because when they're driving away and like they're passing the signs and there's like the spray paint, like look in the yeah. trunk, Lewis or whatever. It's just I can now, I right. now that I can put a face to the killer, I'm just seeing this this yeah. man going out there and just like <laughs> spray painting on all these things. Nobody's even seeing him do this but he's just like I'll teach those fuckers to mess with me Um, I have another question for you Yeah. did Rusty Nail uh, always know that he was being pranked or was he actually do you think that he was humiliated by the encounter and then went after them because let's be honest I mean Paul Walker's character thinks that he can do like a convincing female voice but would anyone listening to that, because you were just talking about how he, you know, it's just like he he uh, portrayed himself as just like you know having a higher register but talking lower. Um, yeah. But it's just like even even then you can you can just tell like this is a dude you're talking to like this is a dude putting on a very unconvincing woman's voice like it's just like play he almost sounded more like a child when he was doing it's like hey this is candy cane. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
1: Well, number one, thank you for that gift uh, of that example right there. But um, number two, um, uh, to answer your question first, um, I find it more interesting believing that uh, Rusty Nail was actually buying into it and that all of this is coming from a fractured male's ego, Um, you know, a man who's already kind of like. You know, lonely and unsteady, and I mean, all like uh, there's nothing but like warning signs. We haven't even seen the character, and the other thing I love about that first act is like even when we just hear him and the, their reaction to him, like "Ooh, who's that?" I'm just kind of like, "Yeah, who is that?" Um, that's that that's some creepy guy, just like, hey, <laughs> it's just like oh dear God, but um, <laughs> like it gives imposing vibes, and um, Ted Levine's so talented, but um, I I. I, I like Paul Walker's voice and I think the distortion through a CB radio probably helps it a great deal. Like I mean I don't I'm I'm not I'm not an advocate of the CB radio. I don't know if the Cherokee Night Rider 150 is like <laughs> you know a particularly old-fashioned. I mean it didn't look like it was, you know, new by any stretch of the imagination. In yeah. fact, they, you know, the fact that they got it in this like, you know, pit stop roadside garage Why or something did they put like it probably in? I think it was just to have something to do. I think yeah. that Fuller was just the kind of character who wanted to get into as much trouble. Also, I mean, again, like I, I think he saw the the potential for mischief, certainly. But I think also initially what they started using it for was to see, like, Speed. okay, where are the cops? Yeah, yeah where? How can yeah. we get there? You know, efficiently, and that's I, what motivated Paul Walker to use it. But um, I guess my, you know, Lewis. My
0: issue it. is that, and maybe. And this is entirely possible. I wasn't paying enough yeah. attention <laughs> because I was never paying enough attention. But the, the – there seemed to be like <laughs> – like what you did to Yeah, him. characters would make yeah. choices or just things. And I'm just like, wait, what was the lead into that? Like it's just like all of a sudden uh, Fuller is like defiling this his brother's new car to put this in without his consent. And it's just like, did they have a conversation (laughs) about this? And then I was trying to remember as well, because when when Venna shows up or when they pick her up and she's just saying like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate this. Like, I'm just like in a jam. And I'm trying to remember at the beginning of the movie, like, wait, why did she need to get picked up sort of thing? Like, I remember that she broke up with her boyfriend, but I just, there's some backstory with her that I just feel like... I'm sure it was mentioned, but it just like, it was so unimportant that I'm just like, wait, what's, why, why, why?" I I just know that he wanted to go after her because he has had a crush on her for so long and he threw out his airplane ticket and got the car and, and this and that, but I don't remember why she was in dire straits.
1: It wasn't that she was in dire straits. This is, this is the thing that endeared me to him. Actually, see, that, that totally endeared me in the beginning. Cause I mean, oh, you're also bringing up like one of my favorite techniques that, that I thought worked for the movie, which is like when he lifts up the plane ticket and see the first thing your eye goes to is the bold print that says this ticket is refundable while they're on the phone with each other. And I was just kind of like, boom, my eye went exactly where it needed to. Thank you, movie. But, um, <laughs> perfectly captured. But, um, just the fact that like you definitely get the impression that like, you know, he's annoying his roommate. And he's obviously – That is not – Probably more interest. yeah. That is not
0: the impression uh, I got from the roommate right away. Because first, like, the guy seemed like he was awake the whole time. And he was sort of – the way that he kind of, like, got, like, almost, like, got up in the bed was almost like he was interested. And he was, like, listening. And it's just like, oh, this is my roommate. And I know that he's, like, been obsessed with this girl for so long. And it's just like, oh, I want to, like – I want to hear the details or something. Or he was just kind of like leaning oh. in, but then he says, "I have an exam and like you know, I yeah. you know I, I have to study." But that is not the body language that that scene started off okay. with.
1: Okay, I mean, I um, I I just read like he knows. Like, I mean, he could, even if they haven't talked about it yet, which yeah. they probably have, but even if, he, if they haven't, like, he knows the way we do from the tone and the way <laughs> that Paul Walker, that Lewis is, like, talking on the phone with this girl. He's totally into her. He's going to be doing this all night and he sympathizes, but he also does have to get to, like, it was just kind of like, Oh, it's that girl. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what, that's all I got from that. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, having an exam and everything like that, like, you know, like he, he needs to wrap this up. But he's also. Uh, I was wondering also because see that's another thing like it hooked me with all of like the the backstory of everything because the shot the the and also because I'm I don't look at women's bodies and go like swing I like I mean it's it's a rear <laughs> shot of Lily Sobieski and I believe her underwear yeah. and my eye went right to her hand which is like kind of dangling this bracelet and I couldn't help wonder like is that a gift that like her ex gave her or is it a gift that like Lewis gave her that she's just kind of like toying with like, I was hoping it would play into the movie later. Like she, she could be wearing it. He'd be like, you're wearing it. And she could be like, well, you gave it to me, you know, like something like that would have been really, really nice, but it was something she was playing with this bracelet. It just seemed like to catch my eye, but immediately, like, I'm just kind of wondering like, who are these people and what are they doing? And I could tell like, there's an open door for Lewis from, Venna like like she's she's not not into him but she also hasn't taken any of the signals he's given her as like yes I'm definitely into you. He could just be like a really really good friend or really really nice. They haven't crossed that that bridge yet. And also he's across the country so what is she going to do? But She's the one who floats the idea because, um, he's, he's got the plane ticket and everything, but she's like, but you know, if you could just, it's a pity, you know, it's a shame you don't have a car. Cause if you did, you know, you could pick me up and we could talk and we could do, you know, like she's, she's letting him know you have a way in and he immediately picks up the opportunity. That was, uh, that was all I needed. Like I, I didn't, I don't remember exactly. Like I know the only thing I got from the boyfriend was the fact that, like, he's out of the picture. That was the most pertinent information to mm-hmm. Lewis was, oh, so the boyfriend, it's not working out anymore, and now there's an open door, and she's saying, like, if we had this chance, like, we could, you know, like, catch up, we could talk, you know, just like old times. And he's like, I'll be there. I have a car. And then he gets a car. Like, well, I think that he, no, 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 Yeah, he didn't do it. He, he wasn't, like, he was, you know,
0: being strategic about it. He wasn't, like, showing his hand and, like, I'm desperate uh, kind of way. Because he, no, yeah. he, he said he's just, like, oh, yeah, I got a car. Like, he lied. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's, yeah. the, that's the lesson here. Uh, lie to your perspective <laughs> Ooh, love interest. And uh, he, yeah. yeah, and then he's just like, yeah, I've got a car. And she's like, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, I do. Um, so he kind of made it seem like <laughs> he was already driving there and that this was kind of on yeah. his way. Uh, so it was fine. Yeah. It's just like, no big deal. But, like, had she known, like, you know, the, gr- the, gr- the grandiosity of this romantic gesture she might have been like oh i mean she might have been uh into it but you know he still yeah, was like i don't know like i'm still insecure i don't know how she's going to respond to that she might think that this is too intense
1: um no I- but the- i'm going to let her know i am the perfect candidate for this road trip and for a potential relationship with you but that's what he's doing the thing- which I think is, what young people yeah
0: know. the thing is like this whole <laughs> idea of this like blossoming uh, union between them is just like it doesn't go anywhere and then they introduce this sort of like the the brother as this potential foil it's just like it, like you know he's interested in her and there's she's not really interested in him but she almost she's just like okay because he goes to the the hotel room later that she's in and mm-hmm. she opens and she's she was expecting Lewis and she's just kind of disappointed she was like yeah maybe not but like invites him in anyway and they're like you know having a conversation or whatever and then that's when all the mm-hmm. shit happens and and Lewis runs yeah. in and and <laughs> his first thing is just like yeah that's what I'd like to know is like why both of you were in here together sort of thing so there's like yeah, this yeah. underlying jealousy and none of this yeah. like ever comes up again it never like amounts to anything it just it feels like f- uh, f- fuller filler and <laughs> it's like it's just even by the end of it it's just like what there there is no choice made there is no um, connection they're just all there and it's like oh the, the killer's still we'll talk- out
1: there well we'll talk about it. We will end. talk okay. about it now. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to address cause you covered a lot and I want to address please, it. Like okay, in terms yeah. of like the I, I appreciate the folder filler. I like that. Yeah. That should be in our glossary now okay. uh, of the pod. but, <laughs> um, but um, and and I can't I can't argue with it, but the thing is the reason why it worked for me, I, I, I think all they were doing was trying to Again, with the first, the first act and the second act. It's not even like their first act and the second act. It's almost like they're two episodes, and like the first episode, it lays the groundwork, and and even I'd, I'd say the the what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like the roadmap. If I, the trajectory, uh, me, coin a phrase, yeah, right. The, <laughs> no, but right, sure. The, the other cherry picker glossary. The the, that, yeah, there yeah. you go. Let's let's have them all. Um, the dichotomy <laughs> of fuller, but <laughs> anyway, no, but so so the trajectory of like the first act and everything like that. It, it lays like kind of like the groundwork for like the the, the 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 like we start establishing like some very you know like personal. Uh, connections with people and you know kind of like some clues about like where what could happen what did happen and everything like that and then all of that gets abruptly interrupted by uh rusty nail and then it kind of ends we think at the end of the first act and the next episode begins and we're back to you know kind of like the road trip feel we even have like a road trip mixtape kind of soundtrack going on with you know like they may as well all be sitting there going la 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 la, la you know singing show tunes with each other in the car or something <laughs> and um <laughs> you know like like i don't know somebody spraying water on somebody else and you know like somebody like going oh look you got something on your shirt Oop, ah, you know i don't know they i know yeah. i'm glad the, they did The montage but yeah yeah, montage kind of idea. But basically like what they do is they go back to the people and they go back to like who they are. And I actually kind of, I don't know, there's something I appreciate about knowing that Fuller, even after everything they'd been through with Rusty Nail, like, you know, pushing his truck, his big rig up against their car, you know, between him and a tree and almost killing them until they apologized, you know, sincerely. Um After all of that, Fuller can still know exactly how his brother feels as much as we do about Venna and still go for her because he's just a shitty brother. I was, I, it, it it's, I don't, there was something about that that made me think, like, oh, you, but people don't really change. They certainly don't play, change overnight and i don't think fuller would change that particular aspect of him um the fact that it never gets dealt with there's a lot of things that never get dealt with by the end of this movie but um there's a lot of things that never get dealt with by like the midway point because
0: you know we're talking about sort of like this idyllic uh road trip movie that you know takes place halfway through uh when they pick up the the the, uh, the, the whatever situation ship she is, and <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> we, the movie has completely disregarded the fact that this truck driver. I mean, we already know that he has ripped a man's jaw clean off yeah. of of his face that they ha- had yeah. inadvertently, well, not even inadvertent they they had caused. But now this like ice truck driver um, is completely left unchecked. Uh, In terms of like this and for whatever, this was the one part of the movie that I actually remembered because as he was backing up, I just like, oh, I think I remember this. This truck is going to come ripping out and just like demolish this this guy's little ice truck. And of course it happened. And. There's no, there's no like remorse after the fact they're not like going, like they, they're sort of like shaken up by the whole experience, obviously, when they get to pick up Vena and all that, but they're still like trying to pick up the pieces and move on. And, you know, obviously Steve Zahn's character is, you know, keeps up his like silly antics, but it's just like mm-hmm. you, like someone is dead, like some complete, like really nice stranger who chased after you to return your card is dead dead like did you even go over to him after the the wreckage afterwards because it was right there they weren't far from it and see like where what happened to him because that's the guy that supposedly that he took his body and used it at the end of the movie yeah. so i feel like they're kind of they've been now responsible for two people potentially being injured one may be dead and there's mm-hmm. there, there's no like response to that they're not even having a conversation about like what they've done in that regard. And I feel like that's that already creates this huge disconnect from the first half of the movie to the second half.
1: Okay. I mean, I didn't get that as much because I was too, see, the thing is like that, that uh, big rig, you know, kind of like piling them into that, that tree. I, I was going, ah, ah, well, I was watching it. It was very effective for me. And then when they apologize, and he just kind of like backs away. I'd say like, well, you just faced your own mortality maybe you're going to be a little shell-shocked for a while because the, I think I believe the next thing we see them doing is we just shift to, like, the next morning and them getting, like, the car fixed so yeah. they can continue on their merry way. So I don't know. Um, I, yeah, admittedly, it would have been interesting if they could have, like... I guess, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I'm wondering, would that have slowed the movie down, though? Like, I mean... I, I mean, because if they would have gone back to, like, the wreckage and seen that the man wasn't there they might have thought like well maybe he got away but i mean it's it's interesting that your mind went there because yeah. mine didn't uh, well like even if I, they were driving ending, off
0: and they're just like oh my god like did, like what he did to that guy or anything like any sort of acknowledgement to that they it, like it just yeah, feels maybe. like they it, it, like almost like the movie forgot about it because i don't think that these characters would have Like, that just doesn't seem realistic of them. It's just the movie forgot about it to facilitate this really poorly conceived plot twist at the
1: end. Well, I forgot about it because, like, (laughs) when they finally said, like, oh, yeah, no, it was some ice truck driver. I was just kind of like, oh, my God, he used the body. Like, it totally, that particular aspect, actually, I didn't take particular issue with. Like, I was like, oh, okay," but so that means he's still out there. The the issue I take if we're going to jump to the end is um, with the moment after when all of a sudden he just gets on a CB radio again. And he's just kind of like oh whatever I don't even remember There's what the fuck There's a storm he says. coming. Yeah, something Storms like that. And then they're all just ruined. sitting there and they're all like per, you know perched you know like at their various spaces you know like at the at the at the ambulance yeah. I guess. And they're all like you know like just kind of like taking in the information like oh my god and then it cuts and there's credits and I was just kind of that's when I looked up the sequels actually because I was just kind of like Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a pity there wasn't a sequel. Oh, wait, I think there was, and I looked it up, but I don't think it. I mean, maybe we find out in the beginning of Joyride Two what happened to these three, <laughs> or maybe probably it gets nothing. Somewhere. Like I'm sure it
0: wasn't a Final Destination uh, scenario w- with. Uh, well,
1: no, no, nobody gets reintroduced. I'm sure, yeah, but, but maybe somebody gets like you know alluded to, I, like Jeepers I, Creepers Two or something I like that. I doubt it, and I don't care <laughs> enough to find out. But the one of these days, I will. <laughs>
0: The that's, the that's another thing I actually do remember about the movie was the ending, because I remember being extremely disappointed seeing it in the theater and just being like, wait, that's the movie? It's over? Sort of thing? Like, oh... Okay, I, I guess that's yeah. that. That's a. I mean, I would much rather like prefer the uh, the House of Wax two thousand and five ending where they're just like the Sinclair brothers had a third brother, and then they they pass by <laughs> the the guy who picks up the roadkill and he's got the dog and he waves at them. Uh, he may as well have waved at them <laughs> with like a severed hand <laughs> or something. But like that oh was a stupid God. ending. And... But I appreciate that the effort more than whatever they did here, which was just. Like having his voice come back and being like, "Oh yeah, there's a storm." I can't do the the creepy no, voice, no. <laughs> but um, well, hey,
1: no, because endings are hard, and and they were particularly hard around this. this are I they? This was are the time. they though? They yes, they are For because particularly be- around this time. You want me to answer the question?
0: <laughs> no, I want you to say what you're going to say because I, I'll okay. i push back. No, because
1: I remember around this time, my sister and I were renting like a horror movie a week. And this happened to be like the one we watched that week. Usually we do two actually. You know, double feature in case like one sucked. We can watch like the other one. Usually watch the one that we're taking a chance on first. And I don't remember which one this one was. But I do remember the lion's share of movies we saw. We saw so many movies. we the first two thirds. Were working or even where the first third, the first act is like, is just things are clicking. It's creepy. They're laying the groundwork. And then it just peters out and it just didn't, they just don't stick the landing. So it Mm -hmm. just made me think it was so rare for us to experience a horror movie that could end in a satisfying way that also didn't feel, um, I don't know, uh, like too contrived but also not too just kind of like ambivalent unless ambivalence is and and uh, is that movie's vibe you know like i mean the thing is like Again, like this movie is totally inconsistent, so I don't know how you end it if it's, you know, like started like with these kind of like wonderful suspense building and character building, you know, like foundation and then kind of like ends with these big elaborate explosions and like I said, ticking clock kind of like situation. But I do remember there were a few endings for this movie on the DVD that I had. And I remember watching them. And one, the thing that's one of the things that I always think about when I think about this movie. There was an alternate soundtrack, a score, uh, that was playing around the climax of the time where Venna is tied up with the gun, rifle and everything like that. And all the different ways they went about getting uh, Lewis to her and, and then what happened after that. Um, there was a different score. It's a very, you know, like high octane kind of like... Oh God! It's building up. It's building up. It's building up. Kind of, you know, tense score in the movie as as a as a rule. But it was scarier in these deleted scenes. I guess it was, you know, what the just kind of like the demo track that they started with. Because I just remember, I believe it was a trumpet, but I I I don't know, some kind of horn, and it was doing this weird spiral thing that was going, and it was the it 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 just made. Me really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I remember watching it with my sister. I remember watching it again later with a friend of mine. And we all agreed, like, that is so much more effective. Like, it just gets under your skin. It feels like there's worms coil, you know, coiling their way into you. Like, I don't know. It's, I can't exp- express it any other way than it just gave me ick and just made me feel dread more than anything else. And it was kind of like maybe a little bit more of what this movie I think needed in the end, as opposed to. It, what what they went which I thought was a little more of a pedestrian score so I just wanted to get that in there
0: yeah what, well what I mean I think say? that the like you said if this were I didn't go in and measure the act breaks I'm sure that there are three but uh, in terms of like just the, the first half for the second half of the movie like there's so many decisions that were made that probably should have been uh, thought over before they committed to them and I mean I don't necessarily agree with the the this sentiment that endings are hard. I just think that there's a lot of like endings are can be very cliched. And I think that a lot of movies, especially horror, tend to fall back onto what is familiar or well-traveled territory because we've got an ambulance, like you mentioned, like it's an ambulance scene at the end, and how many fucking horror movies, can you count, uh, like, like in your head, that, or that we've even covered on the podcast, that end with an ambulance scene. Fuck, I saw, mm-hmm. um, like, Thanksgiving that came out, and it's just, like, it had a, it Not only did it have an ambulance scene, it had a nightmare scene on top of that. It's just, like, two of the most cliched endings, like, thrown into, like, a movie. And it's just, like, why do we... Why do we want to stick around? Because this is, like you know the 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 climax happens and then we're just kind of we're there in an ambulance and we have the characters and they're just kind of winding down like that always feels like it kind of takes the piss out of things like it just like the movie should end kind of like full throttle and and go from there or just like leave us with something that uh, you know, add some intrigue, Uh, like Silence of the Lambs. Like the ending to that movie is phenomenal. Like that's why that is a perfect movie from start to finish because it does, it never peters off. It's always got something going on, something interesting happening or some new reveal. And, it, you know, like I think that movies might benefit like if a horror movie, if like you can't figure out like what the ending is, maybe just Suspiria that shit, maybe just have, uh, jessica harper come out of a flaming building and just roll credits you have been watching suspiria and just like mm-hmm. that is the perfect place to end there we didn't need to see the ambulance come and tend to susie and be like are you all right and her to call her parents in the states and and all this shit and then and then leave with this like lingering thought of just like but the witch, there's one witch survived, you know, some bullshit like that. And I feel like it's not that it's not that mo- that horror movie endings are hard. It's just that nobody has the imagination uh, to do something different, or the the wherewithal to know that this is where you end the movie. You don't need to have all this rigmarole afterwards. And I don't know necessarily with this movie, because there's, like I said, there's so many decisions that were made from the halfway point to the end that just did not work, that I I couldn't tell you what the, the ending should have been, because there's so many pieces that we'd have to move around to get there. But it certainly should not have been what it
1: was. Um, okay. I mean, we we can, we can disagree on that because this is, this is what I, all I can say is like, if easy versus hard, if horror, if horror endings were easy, then I feel like many more people would get them right (laughs) in a way that satisfies the majority of people. And I've been in far too many situations where I'm in a horror movie theater, I'm in a theater and I'm watching a horror movie and it ends and the majority of people are going, what? including me you know like what oh you know like well, that kind of thing and we leave in disappointment take so. into
0: account the studio as well because sure obviously yeah. they're gonna be like we'll end it with a cliffhanger so we have the potentiality to to mm. bring it back for a sequel but that's the yeah. thing you don't what what does that what is like having an ambulance thing like you could have still done a sequel regardless Suspiria has a sequel uh in spite of of the ending of course like it's the same universe but different characters but it's it definitely is a lot of uh produced serial is that even how you say the word uh tampering uh and, and just the studios being like making these decisions and like who knows what the ending was in the script or if that's what it was but I mean if I looked at the script and saw that that was the ending I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Um, I mean, there were a few. Like I said, I remember the the climax, it climaxed a few different ways. And I remember, I remember the other ones didn't really feel satisfying either. It wasn't like, oh, there's such a clear answer here. And they missed the mark. It was just like, wow, they really, they really, I, maybe they, I don't know what the story is. I haven't like watched any commentaries on it or anything like that in a long time. But mm-hmm. again, time is a huge issue. And the fact that you have like, you know, deadlines to meet and everything like that, maybe you have, you know, you have an ending in mind. And then you try to put it on paper, and the studio says no. So you're like, "Oh, what am I going to do now?" And then you just keep trying. Yeah. Let's try ending it this way. Let's try ending it this way. Let's try ending it this way. So, and I mean, this, that was also something of the era too. A lot of movies, particularly horror movies, at that particular time, had multiple endings that they would use on test audiences, and they would go with the ones that got the you know. The, I mean, well, the they most still do. I mean, like response. like Halloween yeah.
0: 2018, and pro- I guess kills and it ends too i don't i don't know what's going yeah, on with those no. but you know they they no. obviously shot so many different things for that but um sure. are you aware sure. of what the budget was for this movie no so no idea. Uh, are you according to wikipedia uh so i mean take it with a grain of salt uh 23 million dollars and I I don't think that that I, I could see it because th- this was a time where movie studios were putting a ton of money into projects, and this movie only made thirty six million dollars. It did not like you know it, it made a return, uh, not very much. But this would have been cons- like so many movies like this were being made that weren't as profitable, and that's why. Hollywood over the last 20 years has moved away from movies like this that were, you know, we're just like, well, we're not going to take a risk on something like this. But the thing is, like, this movie should not have been $23 million. Like, I don't know where the budget went. If, you know, at at any place here. I mean, I don't know how big of a star Paul Walker was at that point that, like, how much would have gone to him. But it just feels very much like, like, there's, there's not... There's no sets that have been built here. It's just, like, a lot of, like, filming on the road. So, like, you know, there would have been technical things involved. But for $23 million, Edward?
1: Well, I'd imagine the vehicular uh, damage that gets done take after take. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, uh, speeding (laughs) vehicles. Yeah, but
0: for $23 million?
1: I mean, you have to get insurance. You have to make sure that you have drivers, and then if those drivers get injured, that you have backup drivers, and um, <laughs> you know your stunt for, performers you got to take 20, care of them. Twenty-three million. I, it's well, just, it's all practical too. Yeah. The, no, no, like you know, the, like when you're doing things practically, like it takes time and it takes money. Granted, it probably would have taken more if they did CGI. Ironically, but. Um, I feel like yeah, there was uh, CGI at the,
0: the the part where the ice truck is hit because there. I remember it was almost like I, like I thought for a second, is this a three D movie? Because I remember seeing ice cubes uh, thrown in my face. Oh, I was when he's... too busy
1: screaming. <laughs> <laughs> It worked. I mean, I completely forgot that, like, he drove through the ice truck. I thought the ice truck was just going to, like, pull away and slowly reveal the big rig, and then it was going to start charging towards them. Because I remembered them screaming, and I remember headlights on them, and I remember the apology, like, vaguely. I had a vague memory of that, but I didn't remember him just, like, bursting through the ice truck. That spun my head. I was, I, yeah, I went, Whoa! So maybe the ice did go toward the, I don't know. (laughs) Joyride 3D. <laughs> and that was actually see that was when the movie was still working for me though. I mean like there were uh, there there were I just okay like there's a bunch of character things that they do like in the first act that I want to acknowledge that I that I like I mean the reunion between Fuller and uh Lewis just watching the two of them like work off of each other and just watching them kind of take each other in and not really know um like not, not really getting like a strong read on either one of them like they're both just kind of assessing like wow oh look at you i'm really happy to see you but jesus like how happy am i supposed to be like <laughs> you just you just got me out of jail you know from <laughs> fuller's perspective and and also just like like so are we are we sticking together after this it seemed like you know lewis wanted to go his own way and just you know maybe maybe drop his brother off somewhere. And then his brother just kind of like, you know, said like, no, I'm going with you. That sounds great. Yeah. Let me get in the car and let me, you know, fuck up your car and put in a CB radio, but you'll see there's a benefit. We'll get you there faster. Now I want you to do that girl voice and, you know, be, (laughs) be, uh, you know, just start like pranking on people and everything like that. Um, even just like, oh my God, like again, little things with Fuller. I love the fact that they, 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 Pull into that uh, that motel, and Fuller fakes a limp to <laughs> qualify them parking in the handicap handicap spot. And I was just going kind of like, "Oh my god, what a piece of shit!" <laughs> like, that's a really. And at the same time, like Lewis is sitting there, kind of like like going oh, and 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 also laughing and smiling to himself about it and everything because you know, like he he loves his brother. And there was another that was another thing. Like the, the how much like the relationships predominated and like you know like what what made sense to them. I really enjoyed the fact that like Lewis's way to entice Rusty Nail when they first started getting on that CB radio was to say all the right things that a guy. Who's insecure would want to hear to get the green light to go ahead. And it just made me think like, of course you're gonna know what that is, because that's exactly what you're waiting for and been waiting for with Venna like this entire time. Like, um, he was, I don't know, there little things like that, like that they set him up as a guy who's just like, oh like ready for things to happen, and then he encounters another like, I guess, you know, as much as his brother is his foil, like this, 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 the the heavy of the movie is Rusty Nail. So, like, he's another foil for him, like, but they sh- where they share, like, these, uh, these similar qualities, but now all of a sudden, he's making a fool out of this guy and doing it for his own amusement, for the amusement of his brother. But at the same time, it's bonding the two of them together and, like, creating, like, kind of like laying a, a, a firmer foundation for this kind of tentative relationship. They haven't seen each other in five years, and it didn't seem like they had, like, you know, a really sturdy connection like all the time. Mm-hmm. Back I, the fact that, I love that Steve Zahn is there telling Paul Walker and the first thing he says to him is like, you're taller than me. <laughs> because I'm just kind of like, oh my God, he was just a little boy. Like he's like college age now. And he was like, you know, just like a probably like a scrawny little kid who's like playing basketball. They hadn't something seen something each like other that. in five years. Yeah. So I was just like, okay. So, I mean, like, again, like all of that uh, was really cool. I love that another way that it, Lewis exhibits his cowardice slash decency as a human being he doesn't just stand idly by and let the shit hit the fan when they're in the motel room and they're listening and they hear the mysterious thump and some of the muffled voices and they and something else should be going on in there and it isn't like it's you know another one of them says you know it's quiet in there it's too quiet but they might as well (laughs) and then But when they're nervous about like the way things might have gone, like he doesn't just kind of sit there and go, oh, man, oh, we're in trouble now for he calls the night manager. He passes the buck, but he calls the night manager and says like, hey, we heard a, you know, suspicious noise or something like that. You may want to like check in on there just to kind of like clear his own conscience and make sure that like, you know, again, to kind of like exercise the kind of care and compassion that we don't get for the ice truck guy (laughs) after his truck had split in two and he might've died. He might be alive. We don't know. um, um, So, um, and even just little things that I appreciated, like the fact that like their names on the CB radio before they created candy cane were black sheep and mama's boy. And I was just kind of like, even your, Conscious and more Fuller. I have a feeling Fuller is the one who came up with those names for them. But it's like, yeah, you you completely see yourselves the way we see you. It all all just feels so incredibly like inviting and just kind of like like what good filmmaking is. And it made me think, why don't I watch this movie more often? Like I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in over twenty years. Same as you. And I was wondering why. And the answer came as things started to wind down in the second the second half. It's not like I stopped caring, but it did you know start like kind of like swinging for the fences and that's fine to swing for the fences but not in another park that's playing another sport you know what i mean does that make sense
0: well i feel like it once it got to the second half like the movie just didn't know what it was doing anymore and that's especially evident in the scene where you know he starts to like i guess turn the tables on them when it's revealed that he has kidnapped the roommate of uh lily's character and they're just kind of like i'm gonna get you to do things now or just like you know put you in these like embarrassing situations and Mm. it's just like it it, it's just the thing where it's just like they go into the the diner uh buck ass naked as as they say Mm. and i mean yeah but it's just like and I, and I had to like, look, it's like, are those body doubles? Like, no, it's actually them. No, um, yeah. But the, uh, the, it doesn't go anywhere. Like that scene doesn't turn into anything. No. Like, had that been the way that Rusty Nail had abducted Vena, that might've yeah. like actually made sense and just like, okay, that facilitated the whole reason that this scene had to exist. But they literally just go in there. They sit down. They're like, we'll get 12 cheeseburgers. And then I love this, the, the waitress is like, do you want fries with that? Because it's like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the question that I would be thinking too. It's just like, wait, so like 12, like meals, like a full meal or you just want like the burgers? Right. Or, yeah. Um And then the manager comes yeah. over and he's just like, I don't know what you guys are doing. This is like a college prank and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then they're literally there two seconds and then she's starts honking or whatever happens and they just get up and run out. And then they're driving off because I guess like, he was there watching them just to like get his kicks out of it, but it's just it yeah. it it was it was more filler, fuller, uh fuller filler, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it. I mean, I'll take I'll take the nudity of Steve Zahn and Paul Walker as filler but, any day. But yeah, but. <laughs>
0: like to, yeah, but it's just like it it didn't just have to be that. Like it could have serve the story in a way to actually i agree with move you the, I do the plot agree with forward that. and then there could have it, at that point there could have been more stakes when they do go into like the cornfield and they're being chased by him there because it is kind of irritating that we see her get abducted and then we spend like a minute of him wandering around and just being like that you can come out now and it's just like she's been kidnapped like
1: That was the weakest sequence. That was the weakest sequence of the entire movie for me was the cornfield sequence because number one, like you said. He had an in to abduct Ven and she was already incredibly vulnerable. I thought Lily Sobieski gave like some really, really good cries and you know, some good tears in that car when she's trying to kind of like appeal to his compassion and mm-hmm. even exercise some compassion of her own for Rusty Nail while they're, you know, in, in the nude in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a really interesting time for him to swoop in and abduct her right then and there. I agree with you. But then like, no, I want you to drive out to the cornfield. Where you're going, I'm gonna have you walk a hundred paces ahead of your car in the dark, and then I'm just gonna kind of like charge at you, and then I'm gonna chase you through corn, and I'm gonna somehow know keep, I'm gonna keep finding you, but I'm also gonna kind of keep losing you. Like, I mean, he kept flooring it through that corn cornfield well, and stopping and then looking for them, they, finding them. They and justified then going it because he had and the then,
0: headlight uh on on top of the thing so i guess he just like was like turning it and he could probably see the the corn rustling but the thing that like frustrated me the most it didn't even frustrate me i just thought it was ridiculous is that they're running away from the truck in a straight line (laughs) and it's just like yeah yeah. it's a truck just move to the side and then like it's it's a truck (laughs) he can't turn that quickly like he'll probably like yeah. plow over. But
1: it, yeah. it was just so funny that the joy just, <laughs> Joyride walked so. Yeah. Prometheus could. could walk. And that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Prometheus just like just move left or right <laughs> just get the yes. fuck out of the way. <laughs> um, uh, exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. But even was, like the entire sequence was. Yeah, ridiculous.
0: but even beyond yeah. that, like and then like the stuff when they were in the bar and like all that was happening with with those guys and that was like good character stuff. But again, it was character yeah. stuff that didn't go anywhere. And it didn't amount to anything by the by the time the movie ended, so I just felt like nothing has is happening. The movie has just taken a complete detour and it just sort of you know found its way to the ends of this like another motel and and then like being, like was, we're at the wrong yeah. motel like I was also getting like are they trying to do the silence <laughs> of the lambs? Thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it was just a means, like, everything at the bar and everything was... I, I agree with you. I think it was good character work. Uh, but I do believe it was just a means of, like, you know, connective tissue from one the last action set piece into the next one. Yeah, Like, um, it was like, okay, we started at a low flame and burned over a long period. And then we turned it up and then we ended. And now we're going to do the exact same thing. And um, mm. I, I, I also... There was even like at one point like I did appreciate the fact that I thought it was an inconsistency at first when he was calling Venna by her name. I mean Rusty Nail on the phone was calling Venna by her name and he knew that the two of them were brothers. Like, dude, how does he know we're brothers? And I was just kind of like, yeah, how does he know? Is he just kind of like some omniscient <laughs> source of evil now? Is this is this Jeepers creepers? Is he just a demon this whole time? <laughs> and then I realized when he because I had forgotten that he kidnapped Charlotte. So when I realized he kidnapped her, I was like, well, she doesn't really know them well, but she knows that they're brothers and she knows Venna's name, so like he probably got it from her um if he was following them all day the way he said he was and again like that was kind of a payoff because like here we met charlotte and i got to watch her interact with um uh uh, uh not lewis uh I, I just forgot his name fuller filler with fuller <laughs> and um watching him trying to kind of like hitch his wagon to her is like ooh, pretty girl swing and it didn't work and she drove off and everything like that and i just kind of it just kind of seemed like a nice moment and just kind of like another character expository moment and also kind of like set up like he's got a thirst and there's no one no outlet for him so he's going to go for the girl his brother hasn't quite you know like staked his claim on even though he has you know, like he he's an older brother he should know better but um then it ended up paying off for me like introducing charlotte at all um, the fact that she was like this pawn and she was also something to keep because I also started to wonder like why I know that Lily Sobieski is in the rest of this movie I don't remember why like why is she why doesn't she just leave she could just be like you guys have this psycho chasing you trying to kill you and then you picked me up fuck you I'm out but then when she knows that her friend who she dearly cares about has been abducted like of course she's not going to want to just like walk away from that so I yeah. mean all of that worked you know for me kind of like not to the extent that like all the first act stuff did but um the thing is like this is a 90 minute movie um yeah and
0: (laughs) all of this stuff like it felt longer and that's what i hate like it's just it's i don't think this is a bad movie i don't think that like it was filmed bad like i think everything was done very competently um certainly whatever the budget was if it was 23 million dollars they they used it effectively um i don't know about efficiently but it's it's fine it's just that it's so unremarkable it's like i am bored by it like i uh i don't i think this is a better movie than the one we talked about last week but i feel like i would i get more out of that movie that we talked about last week and i don't even like that one so it's just it this is a, a thing that's hard for me to reconcile with, because especially when I go to Letterboxd, as as I do with, you know, all these cherry picker movies that we cover. And it's just like, how do I, you know, there's a certain point where it's just like, what is my enjoyability and what is like the quality of the film? Um, I ended up, I, I give this two and a half stars. I think that if it had stayed the course of the first half of the movie, uh, I probably could have done three if it had gotten better this could have been a three and a half for me but i just like with with the whole thing altogether. together um i'm i'm about five out of ten okay. there yeah
1: i have to vacillate somewhere between because i know the question's coming yeah. um <laughs> three or three and a half for me, I'd have to like again. I'd have to like really seriously consider it because you know I'm, I'm Virgo. We're not impulsive unless we are. And um, <laughs> I uh, and then it's just like okay, balls out. Let's all just get fucked up. But um, flip the table. That's that's what I am. But I'm not going to flip the table tonight. I think it's three to three and a half somewhere because the investment. I mean, again, like the. The investment of everybody concerned does really hook me in, particularly for the first half and for a lot of the second half. I don't, I, I don't check out entirely of this movie. I just think it could have been handled if, if, if I felt as much de- attention to detail was given the back half of the movie is the front half, then uh, yeah, it would have been higher for me too. And I might return to it a lot more often. I think what what I'll take from this particular screening is next time I'll just watch it with the first half with my hands clasped, but I'll have the popcorn ready for the act break. So I can sit there and just do the action movie of it all. Maybe that's what I need or to do. Or the and tissues. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I mean, I did, I did like, ad- admit that I'm a pig uh, in the last episode when we were discussing <laughs> Jensen Ackles. But, um, no, um, no, I didn't actually, like, I mean, it was nice to look at, but, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, no, it didn't go. <laughs> yeah. Even when I saw it, I didn't go there. I think I was too old. Um, if I'd been, God, if I'd been, like, moving into, like, my, you know, sexual awakening or anything like that when this movie was available who knows but we won't talk about that much longer because this is supposed to go on youtube so (laughs) oh oh my gosh
0: um i almost forgot (laughs) nobody cares um okay well i mean i don't have much else to say uh you know i've said my i've said my piece okay awesome then let's let's head over to the cherry picker
1: it's not like big joke
0: First order of business are cherry on top. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'd make a strong argument for Lewis. Me too.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because I, Steve's on is, is, is undeniably like, I, I just love watching him work. I love how big his eyes get <laughs> when he's in shock and he got to do that a lot in this movie. But um, I, I, the, the, the one who's, who, shown through for me was was paul walker and his performance and i like the character throughout the movie in mm-hmm. spite of like some mistakes i even feel bad for him when he doesn't get to kind of like defend venna's honor you know when he doesn't punch the guy and just kind of stands there like i don't know what to do i'm surrounded by guys who could kick my ass and who will probably kill me what am i gonna do i'm gonna get hate crimed and then you know his brother moves in wild and crazy guns ablaze and, and yeah. gets her out of there so yeah yeah so i agree
0: Cool. Uh, So, last week on The Cherry Picker, we asked you who deserves to die the most in my bloody Valentine 3D. Uh, I nominated Frank the Trucker. Uh, You nominated Mm. Sheriff...
1: Another trucker.
0: ...Axel Palmer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Across Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube, Uh, the total vote was 464 for Frank versus 285
1: for axel hey there's Thanks, there's that that positivity <laughs> uh, i appreciate the people who showed up for me just because it wasn't the majority doesn't mean no one cares i'll take it <laughs> we I, we appreciate every
0: every single vote because that's absolutely that, that's, Love what, you guys. that's what counts Love you. uh maybe we should make a third option just like no vote, or just 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 came to like <laughs> press a button. Abstain. Just just came here to press a button. Uh,
1: okay, oh, that'd be that'd be chilling. <laughs> um, seriously,
0: sky. I think there's uh-huh. no vowels uh, in that, uh, oh. so I'm, I'm assuming that's what it says. Frank was such a small part of the film, so yes, well he. Deserved his comeuppance. Axel for sure gets the chop. He cheated on his wife with her co-worker. On top of that, she was mm. pregnant. He literally gave pro-lifer vibes too. But in his case, <laughs> he would have been pro-choice. And for all we know, he was probably relieved when Megan died. So he wouldn't have to tell Sarah that she was
1: pregnant. I like the way you think.
0: <laughs> I awesome. I forgot all these... Details uh, about the characters in the movie. <laughs> uh, Rowena Potter. I have not seen this movie, but uh, Care Smith plays a good bad guy, and he will forever be Jack from Dawson's Creek, whose kiss with his boyfriend was the first kiss between two males on primetime TV. He's history-making. Did you know Kay. that? Yeah. I always thought I don't the, the first kiss was... <laughs> <laughs> yes? I thought the, the first kiss was Melrose Place. Uh, uh, but then I remembered that they they cut that...
1: Like, <laughs> it happened, away.
0: but they, like, cut it off. And then they just showed um, Andrew Shoe's reaction. Yes. Terrible. Was um, it Andrew Shue's reaction? It was Andrew Shoe's reaction. Yeah, get, like, okay. the, the, would the, the worst reactionary remember. actor on the show to do a reaction. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Could you imagine... <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking on Andrew Shu today. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> like, a YouTube channel like Andrew Shu reacts to anything? I don't
1: know. <laughs> Your phone is entirely out of proportion. <laughs> I'd be, it'd just be a <laughs> flat line and just occasionally. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah that could yeah be.
0: No, nobody <laughs> knows what we're talking about anymore just <laughs> basically you know, think you know. it's just like it's a like a bad adam
1: sandler uh performance <laughs> <laughs> i mean because adam sandler S- did play him in the saturday night yeah. live sketch they did about morrow's place yeah i love that uh, I love okay mov-
0: moving on amethyst frost <laughs> okay. definitely another movie where everyone sucks and deserved Deserves to die. Frank was such a small part and fulfilled the role uh, expected of him. So I pick Axel. Him being a whiny, possessive cheater was a bizarre choice for somebody who ultimately survives the movie and isn't the killer in this version. Thomas Baker. Frank, the trucker. RSDM. I voted for the sheriff simply because the trucker scene to me played out like an R-rated comedy. Uh, Michael Vasquez. Frank, the trucker. G pal. Axel got my vote. I find him annoying slash toxic. Got wife's coworker pregnant and then threw a hissy fit when she talked to Tom he is entitled to cheat on her but apparently she is not entitled to do the same uh, the Ooh. tar man hard choice I think this time I'll choose based purely on who didn't die in the movie Frank was a douche but he got what was coming to him Axel was a duplicitous corrupt incompetent scumbag who only cared enough about his own wife to get defensive when an old ex of hers triggered his massive insecurities It almost feels like like if Tom specifically wasn't his prime suspect, he wouldn't have bothered to be there to help stop him for the climax, like how he wasn't there to save his little girlfriend. Such a good guy wanting to protect his wife, who he clearly cares so much about. He's such a pathetic (laughs) character, (laughs) and he got nothing but a non-fatal stab to the gut for all the shit he's done, so he deserves to die the most. Oh, see, fuck! How can I be mad? This is awesome. You're oh, over. You you're over there, like Jerry Springer.
1: Over like, cherry, cherry. Yes. <laughs> Let's get this fucker. I still want to get him. <laughs>
0: uh, Stephanie Eileen. OMG, that trucker! Literally, that part of the movie is so uncomfortable to me. Blue Box oh, wow. Axel. All three leads deserve to die, though. Um. <laughs> Nooble. I hate both of them, but I am going for Frank. And okay. Samantha Stewart says, Definitely the trucker, Axel, may have been a cheating bastard, but at least he wasn't filming sexual encounters without the other person's consent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay, this is... This is an easy one for me. It just doesn't need any oh. description because I don't care enough. Uh, I, and, yeah, uh, it's going to be another trucker. I'm going with Rusty Nail because, I mean, Ooh. that was a shit. I'm channeling my uh, uh, Miss Collins here. He's like, it's a shitty thing, a real shitty thing that they did to him. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. Like, the proportionately, like, what he did to all those people, kidnapping, uh Like, homicide, uh, destruction of property, uh, ripping off someone's jaw. Like, just, it's overreaction much. Attempted murder. um, Destroying a cornfield. (laughs) Of all things. Like, (laughs) you know how hard (laughs) these farmers work? Like, agriculture is not an easy industry.
1: And he didn't even do it, like, in a Jason Voorhees cool, kind of like, I'm setting it ablaze kind of way. Yeah. He just drove over it. (laughs) Yeah, so fuck that guy. I also, okay, uh, one thing we didn't bring up uh, that I didn't have in my notes, but I remember he said something when, like, the candy cane is like, hey, I just want to see you and you come up and bring some pink champagne and all that stuff. And he's like, um, he says something, like, when he's uncertain and he feels uncomfortable and insecure. And he says something to the effect of, like, I don't know, I don't look the way you'd expect or something like that. Something like that implies that he's insecure about his looks and that there could be something really heinous going on. And then when we finally saw him, I think maybe there was some scarring on his neck or something that I might have caught in a quick, you know, like, clip, like, somewhere in the climax or something like that. Like, we do get to see him, but we don't really get to behold him. So I'm like, oh, then pick a lane. Like, it was scary when I was just imagining, what does that mean? But it, it was also... Not that scary when I saw him, I was like, oh well, he doesn't look that bad. He just kinda of looks like a guy. Maybe he has a scar. I can't tell. So what's the big deal? What are you so insecure about? Get over it. So yeah. You just, just doing the you. uh the Paul Walker's uh uh female
0: voice. <laughs> you know what it you know what it reminds me of? It's like that character from Family Guy. I think he's just called the greased up deaf guy. Who is just like they they yeah they put grease on him for like the I think it was like the Peter's company picnic and like they're supposed okay. to like chase him and capture him but they would like grab him and he would just slip out because he was naked and grease away like a
1: watermelon yeah and he would just be like
0: you're never gonna catch me oops got away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i still love paul walker's can- can voice in this movie i think it's adorable that he did it okay he was having so much fun too Fair. okay mine is i can't we don't a name a, a named character isn't like part of the the criteria right for they just have to be alive and they have to be on screen and have the, lines and yeah shit. they have to be an individual entity right oh yeah because like all your scream non-characters and everything like that yeah. i've forgotten about Okay, yeah. it's been a while OK, I believe this is the guy <laughs> because I forget where they were when this happened. But he's the only one who seems to kind of fit the mold. It's and it looks like him. I th- I believe it's the local in Nebraska bar. And I think that's the bully who, uh, you know, starts like hitting on Lily Sobieski and then gets right. in Paul Walker's face and everything like that um like that was the, the, again miss collins just kind like that was a shitty thing to do a really shitty thing <laughs> that's uh <laughs> one of the girls like laughing nervously and Carrie, but um, no because i mean like okay number one she's obviously not interested you're making her super uncomfortable and then you're making like her 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 boyfriend or would-be boyfriend uncomfortable and the only way out of the situation like you are harshing everyone's buzz in that bar like come on let, let let let's let's be human beings about it like at, at least with with rusty nail the fact that i don't know his story <laughs> kind of it doesn't make allowances for him i don't condone anything that rusty nail did in this movie all i could think was you shouldn't have fucked with you fucked with the wrong guy nobody did anything to warrant the 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 the, the, the behavior in the bar from the guy that I'm choosing. Like, he was just a dick from word one. So I can't even make a case for him. If I were a lawyer, I would much rather <laughs> represent Rusty Nail because I feel like I could make a case to defend his actions possibly and at least minimize his sentence. The bar, the, the the guy in the bar, he's just a dick. He's just a dick and he deserved to die and I wish he had. So there you go. That's my choice.
0: There was definitely a lot of people in this movie that, you know, there could have been a, m- a more... Victims, we'll say. Uh, But anyway, that is our nomination. So you've got uh, tentatively, well, Rusty Nail and tentatively Guy in Bar. So vote your heart, vote your conscience. The polls are open on uh, Patreon if you are supporting over there. Instagram, follow us at the cherry picker pod and on youtube in the community section so subscribe to us on youtube if you are new to the cherry picker and you are watching us on youtube you can also listen to us the rss feed link is in the descriptions down below and if you are listening to us go check us out on youtube and subscribe uh i don't know how many times i can tell people to subscribe but um what what else oh social media uh
1: what say you uh, find me Edward is Truth, one word, traditional spelling. Edward is Truth. Uh, in uh, YouTube, Instagram, Letterboxd, and on TikTok. I posted a TikTok video and it got like thousands of views. Oh. So that's really cool. It was just, it's just my cat snoring, so. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> but, but I finally posted something and I got a lot of attention, so I'm kind Good of excited about that. So follow yeah. me on TikTok.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can find me you? on uh, my main YouTube channel, Zach Cherry, Z-A-C-K-C-H-E-R-R-Y, Letterboxd, uh, also Zach Cherry. I am on Twitter, Zach Cherry 8. An Instagram, retro bitch face. All one word. Uh, next week, like we already said, is our cherry picker after dark. So that's the Survivor final girls. But the next regular episode is our 100th episode. Can
1: you believe it?
0: Yeah. we're. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're over 100 with the cherry picker. I know, yours, but... it
1: feels like much more because we've done many more with the old pod, but Oh, uh... oh, we're at like
0: a 1000 at
1: this point. But um <laughs> <laughs> we're quadruple digits now. Yeah. Quintuple. <laughs> the But yeah,
0: what what are we doing for our 100th?
1: Um is it the one where you're going somewhere and it's not the first one, and it's not the second, and it's not the third, and it's not the fourth, it's not the fifth. It is, you know, at the bottom of the list it's the last place that you're is that is that it i uh, you're <laughs> confusing me you may as well just say what <laughs> no is it the is it the one where you're like outrunning death where you're, is that it uh, isn't every horror movie about outrunning death no, but you know what I mean. Like, I know is what you this mean. the one yeah. where it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you're just fucking with me. I hate you. All right. <laughs> you fuck, you're fucking with all of us every week. <laughs> No, I legitimately did not remember this time. Oh, I was like, wow. it's Final Destination, right? That one where they're all it you know, running. It is
0: Final death. Destination. That is our 100th episode.
1: Surprise.
0: So, that Yay! will be in March. Uh, we're excited for that. So, uh, thank you for for watching and listening to 99 episodes, uh, so far. Uh, and, uh, we will be right back with
1: our 100th.